Praise the Lord. It's wonderful to be back to the house of God again. And uh, I'm glad uh, if I was not here, how wonderful that would be. Somebody else can uh, stand behind a pulpit. I guess it's springtime. They rolled out that all season spare tire again. So I'll try my best uh, and, uh, to find it at the will of the Lord. And um, I'll let the Lord bless us with his presence. That's all we want to hear. And if you don't mind, I just want to invite you to uh, stand up. Let's, reset, uh, let's um, uh, turn to the scripture. Book of Matthew. Chapter 16. Chapter 16, verse uh, 13. The Bible reads, When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men see that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He says unto them, But whom see ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has now revealed this unto thee by my Father which is heaven. And I see also unto thee thou art, uh, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Uh, let's turn just uh, one page back at uh, chapter uh, 17. The same uh, uh, book of Matthew, chapter 17. Uh, this is a few days later. Um, Jesus taken them up to the mountain, the mountain of a transfiguration. Let's read from uh, verse 1. And after six days, Jesus takes Peter, James, and John, his brother, and brings them up into the high, on high mountain apart. And it was transfigured before them. And his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias talking with him. Then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If thou wilt, let us make here three tabernacles, one for thee and one for Moses and one for Elias. While he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice come out of the cloud, which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. Hear ye him. May the Lord bless his word. Let us bow our head and have a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we open the most sacred book. Lord, there's a millions and millions of books. People have a lot of ideas that they can put into the book. Some is the best-selling in the human eyes. And some uh, they put on the movie. But Lord, this is the only book that can transform people's life. This is the only book that can open the blind. This is the only book that can heal the sick. This is the only book that can give us a body change. So Lord, everything we have, we are hanging around on this book. 
All our life is centered around this book. Everything we do, this is the center of our life. As you have said, hear ye him. Lord, we do want to hear you, Lord. That's why we're coming together. We're coming together not to hear men. Because men's thoughts have no value to it. Men may be eloquent. Men maybe can say things that can tantalize in our ears. But Lord, only your word can transform us. We thank you, Lord. We just ask you to take the moment and to take your word and to bless it into our heart. And Lord, we know there's many needs that are among us. Lord, some spoken and some unspoken. But Lord, we present every need before your feet. Because you're the one that's the burden bearer. You're the one that knows every need. And only you can satisfy, can meet their need. Father, we thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I'll just um, bring a little update uh, uh, about what the Lord has um, uh, doing in China over there. And uh, as you know, we are printed out of the Bible. And uh, thank you very much, Brother Derek, uh, Sister Debbie, and their family. Uh, such a working family. And it helped uh, uh, bring the Bible back and uh, stored it uh, in their storage there. And we really appreciate it. And the Brother Derek has sent me a picture that they have packed it up, everything, and stored it. And we pray the Lord that we use that to uh, uh, save many souls. And that at the same time, then, you know, there was uh, uh, the people there uh, sharing this as Bible with the uh, different, uh, everywhere they go. And I think last time, a brother uh, had shared that, uh, you know, one of the Baptist uh, missionary that who has ordered the 500s of them. And uh, just another day, a brother uh, called, uh, sent a text to me. There is um, uh, pa- a woman pastor that in the Singapore, uh, I think this belongs to the Pentecostal church, and they ordered uh, thousands of them. And uh, so they want to separate, uh, just uh, spread it and give it to everywhere uh, that they can find uh, the people that need it. So there was a great demand for that. And so uh, we pray the Lord to just use it. You know, whenever that you um, uh, do something for the Lord, uh, uh, we don't have the far enough vision to see uh, what is the result going to be. But we just put our effort to it because we feel the driven that in our heart to do it. And there's the burden in our heart to do it. And when you've done that, and so the Lord will just take it and so unfolding, unfolding, just keep unfolding. And I think that our spiritual life is the same way. And um, uh, Brother, uh, Brother Tim is uh, working on the fifth challenge report. Uh, so uh, I guess in the next uh, few, uh, few days, uh, uh, there were about two weeks, then we'll have the fifth challenge report um, uh, published, and then people can get it. And I'll just uh, share a little testimony with um, uh, Brother Tim, and that put in the fifth challenge report, you can get it more in detail. But I, have, uh, I think I just want to share it a little bit with it, uh, just uh, let it out a little bit so that you can enjoy now. And see how the hands of God is working. And, um, uh, you know, uh, there is a one uh, sister, I just want to make the long story short, that there was one sister uh, in China uh, who uh, received uh, a message. And actually, the message is as many years ago, there was a certain man that are coming uh, from the southern part of China and that went back to, uh, uh, to uh, this sister's hometown. I don't even know the name of the brother, uh, don't even know where their brother is, and nobody knows. But somehow, he's passing out some books and the tracks uh, to uh, different people. 
And he brought her a box of a uh, uh, message at the back. And uh, this uh, lady, this uh, sister, and uh, who uh, uh, just got uh, one uh, message book, and she started reading it. And by reading it, and uh, the Lord uh, dealt with her heart, and she gave her heart to the Lord. And she received the message. And after she received the message, and she uh, called up, uh, there was uh, one of her friends in here. And uh, if you look at the internet, you will saw the testimony that Sister Rose. And so uh, that's uh, uh, so she. Uh, this lady asked uh, uh, Sister Rose, says, "Do you know there's um, there's a church that in uh, uh, in Vancouver and called the Cloverdale Bible Way?" Uh, she said, "Yeah." She said, "I know that." So she said, "I've been to their church uh, ten years ago." And uh, I even know the person, uh, Murphy Wong, that I went to uh, his home and uh, eating lunch uh, uh, with uh, their family. So this is uh, 10, 10 years ago. And uh, so the lady uh, in China said, uh, why don't you just visit them again? So the sister Rose are coming over here, and she's sitting at uh, the back there and receiving the word and listening to it. And uh, a few months later, she went back home. And when she went back home, and she, uh, uh, I, I talked to her, I said, uh, she went back to her uh, little group is over there. And I said, uh, you know, there's a brother who just uh, lives not far from you. Uh, if you want, I can ask him to uh, come to a uh, minister for your group. So the sister Rose and that lady, they're in the same group. And then I asked Brother David and up in the north, so they went to visit them. And so the, the group, they received the word at very well. And so they're just getting more message to them. And uh, this uh, sister, I can't call her name, but um, uh, she, uh, she got a ministry. The ministry is not behind a pulpit to preach, but uh, the ministry, she sent out MP3 players. And um, the, she has been doing that for years, even before she received the message. So she got to the MP3 player, and she loaded it with uh, all kinds of a preaching. And some the Baptists, some the Methodists, some the Pentecostal, whatever he felt as a, uh, she felt like is uh, helpful to the people. She loaded in that MP3 and sent it out, uh, very much like what I did before I came to the message when I was in Hong Kong. And so she gave it out. But after she received the message, she said, "You know what should I do?" So she was, uh, uh, I guess maybe the Lord inspired her. So she ended uh, uh, an MP3 player. There's other preachings. But she stuck the one or two messages in there. Then Brother Branham was preaching. So she sent it out. And uh, uh, there's hundreds and hundreds of people uh, demanding for that. So she just uh, one every MP3, she stuck one message in there. She stuck one preaching of Brother Branham is in there. Just send it out. And one day, there's um, a woman pastor up in uh, Inner Mongolia. And she received an MP3 that this sister sent. And uh, you know how accurate the Lord is, almost like a guided missile. And when she turned on, I think maybe she purposely make that just a play directly from the message. But anyway, so, so she turned on the MP3 player. And when the, the lady uh, that in the Inner Mongolia uh, listened, that she said, my, I never heard anything like this. And she started listening to it. You know what message she listened to? Marriage and divorce. That was a heavy-duty one. 
So she was listening. She said, "Oh my goodness, this is so hard. How can people receive this?" In her mind, it says it rejected, rejected, rejected. But in the heart, something said receiving it, receiving it, receiving it. So she's uh, she's continually listening to it. She give herself a listen again, listen to it again. And then the Lord opened up to her. If the person can receive a marriage and divorce, I think they can receive anything. And so she was listening. The more she listened, the more she loved him. And then she started to give this message to all her co-workers. They call it co-workers, but actually it's the... The pastors and the ministers, which is under her, uh, there's uh, about 70 or 80 uh, of them. They are in different um, uh, churches over there. So they start to listen, and some like it, and some don't. But uh, uh, then they said, you know, we want to hear more of this message. So they ordered more message, and that is the sister just get a more message uh, uh, to them. And then I introduced Brother David and Brother Run, the one to the place. And by God's grace, they bring the message to that group. And we're looking forward. The Lord is just keep unfolding it and bring them to the message. Actually, they already received the message. Last time when I... I called uh, uh, this uh, this lady, this sister up in the north. Uh, she said they are so uh, thankful that they heard this message. They sent me a text text message. I uh, if I will, if I would, I, I probably will, will can play with you, but I, I can't do this now. And the sister literally in the text. Uh, text voicemails is crying and she said we're wrong we've been doing it wrong and nobody telling us the truth now this is the truth then the question is now what and now what should I do I think about a brother Aaron was preaching but now what and when God is doing a miracle when God doing something uh, 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 so um, so amazingly and amongst other people I think that we, tend, we need to ask us the question now what and so I think that that's uh, what, what uh, then that the brothers is when they're bringing a message to them. And now they're facing a decision. And I trust that the Lord will bring them into the message. And um, so, uh, in a word of the message, in the unveiling of God, and we just uh, continue along with uh, the little testimony that I just um, uh, shared with you. And Brother Bram said, um, he said, sometimes we have to say things in such a way that it might thin down. It might bring some to go out, some to leave, and some to ponder over. But that's done purposely. It must be done that way. And sometimes we wonder why God doing things like that. You think about that lady that just received a message in Mongolia. Probably for 90% of the people when they hear that a marriage and divorce or the serpent seed or the different things, they probably just rejected it right away. But it's only the seed of God when they receive the word, even their mind don't understand. But the gene, the germ that in their heart before the foundation of the world that God has put it in there, just driving them, attracting them that to listen to it. You know, the gene of God, the son and daughter of a God, just a denominational food will not satisfy them. And the just to go in church will not satisfy them. Just to intellectually understand the message does not satisfy them either. They have to get to the real meat from the Lord. They have to know what their position is in the Lord. Sometimes even almost take the hide out of them. But that when the Lord speaks, no matter what word is coming, no matter what manner, what format that the word has come, but the jinn of God always attracted by the word of God and always receiving it. And sometimes uh, they receive it as not... Um, 
Uh, not like uh, gladly. Uh, sometimes they're receiving it, but just with a painful. But it's not because it's a painful on their mind, but it, uh, that they receive it is because of the painful that they have to go through the experience. They have to go through the dying out. But in their heart, something was responding when the deepest is calling. And so when God, when Brother Bram said that uh, sometimes the Lord is saying things, it was just to thin it down. You're thinking about in the uh, Gospel of John, the chapter 6, uh, the 66 to 68, when, uh, uh, when Jesus, uh, Jesus said, if you don't eat to the flesh of the Son of Man, the drink to the blood, and uh, you have no part of me. And then uh, many people uh, run away. Because they said that this, uh, uh, this word it was so hard, uh, hard saying that who's going to understand? But you know the hard word never uh, scared the, the bride of Jesus Christ. The hard word never scares them away. It actually draws them even closer. And the people, when they don't understand the, the, uh, uh, in their mind, but we never intended it to the, the, the people to understand just by their mind. The word needs to be received by heart, received by faith. If everything that we can figure it out, if everything that we have is planation, that we don't need to the word. We don't need to uh, Christ. Why would you need faith for? Faith is for when all the five senses doesn't work, then it's the time that the faith to kick in. So sometimes Jesus said things that the people don't understand. And it's not just trying to be a different. Jesus never tried to be a, just try to a big shot or something that was a different person. Uh, you know, uh, he say words uh, that he couldn't reconcile about a human reasoning. It's not just to try to make himself stuck out. He said, hey, look at me. You know, I have something uh, special for you. And, uh, you know, just uh, beat you around the stump all the time. No. I don't believe Jesus is saying things like that is for that purpose. I don't believe that the prophet is saying things that are for the purpose. But the hard saying of the word, the hard word that they preached did send down the crowd. And who the, they, they claim to follow Jesus. But you see, it's only by saying in that way, it actually separated the believer from the unbeliever. Because the unbeliever will always try to figure it out. The unbeliever uh, will always uh, try to use their reasoning, use their five signs, uh, five signs to understand what is the word of God said. And uh, there is a greater portion of the word of God that a human mind do can understand. But there's also, there's a portion of the word of God that, that a human mind just couldn't figure that out. And that's the time and to believe it by faith. But God won't let you to believe by faith without vindicating to you. God won't let you believe by faith, just blindfold you, so the brainwash you, just say it, just say it, like the, you know, the, the Pentecostal do, just say it, blah, 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 then you uh, drive yourself into a certain state, and then you start to, you know, see visions and things, no, God never do that, He will let you suddenly come before Him, but not use your mind to understand Him, but when He proves His word to be the truth, and there's no excuse for you to disbelieve it, when He vindicates His word, with all the signs and the wonders, time after fi- time after time, and to the, by the miracles and the different things, the discernment of the uh, of the mind of the thought, when God fully vindicated the proof is His word, then God will require you to believe what He said. Amen. 
Because when they, those things, when the God saying things like that, He knows only those who can believe. That is a uh, artist. Uh, only those people who can believe and face to what He has said. That's the gene of God. That's the children of God. And only them, they have the ability to stay with the word. If the person is not, uh, the Lord has, hasn't revealed the word to them, they couldn't even stay with the word. They might be following the word for a little while, but when different things has come, you know, not necessarily just trial come. Because everybody going through trials. Even unbeliever going through trials. It's not just because they got sick and then... Uh, uh, Many, I think everybody got sick. And some got sick really severely. Some got sick just lightly. It's not because that. It's not because of just the difficulty the things to go through. It's not just because the children are rebellious. People in the world have that too. It's not, and it's not only even just try to get intellectual answer, try to uh, resolve uh, the questions. It's when you're facing something that you couldn't understand. Lord, you're facing something that your reasoning cannot reason it out. That you tried everything that you tried to do. You tried to solve the problem. It seems that you don't get an answer. And that's the time you need the power, ability to stay with the word. That is the time, no matter what can happen, no matter what come, what goes, but God has vindicated himself. God has manifested himself, has showed himself to be the reality. I have nowhere to go to. This is the only thing that can make me become a solid. This is my foundation. It's not because I understand it, but because I saw it. Because I experienced it. Because this is to be the truth. This is to be the reality. Where should I go to? And only you have the word of eternal life. That make it a person. That's the, that's the thing. It's our foundation. And that's the, that's the only, the gene of God has the ability to stay with the word. Because if the person don't have that in them, and when things has come like that, they will either go back to the world, or they try to find something that's, um, Maybe in a message or maybe in a different room, they go to the psychology, they go to the different book, they go to the different idea. Try to make a way out. When God has blocked every way out, you need to stay in. When God blocked it every way that you can go, blocked every, uh, the things that you might be can seek comfort, you might can seek the opinion, you might can seek advice, but when all of them failed, that's the time you need to stay with the word. Stay with the word is not try to figure it out. Stay with the word is the Lord, you have approved it. That's good enough for me. I'm going to walk through this. No matter how hard it is, no matter it seems like there's no light at the end of the tunnel, but I boldly am walking into the tunnel and I'm going to come out to save. And those hard saying, those are things that we don't understand. Was separated the in, was separated the people who had the faith stay with the word from the people who is just intellectual believer, and in the unveiling of God, Brother said that how did he come down when he was a born right here and on earth? See, they couldn't understand it. Talk about Jesus. 
Then it turned to the apostles and it said, do you want to go too? And that's when Apostle Peter made that great statement. said, Lord, to whom will we go? For we are satisfied. We know surely that you and you alone have the word of life of this hour. And we are satisfied of that. See, they couldn't explain it. But they were satisfied. You know, satisfaction doesn't come from explanation of the word. No matter how wonderful that explanation is. No matter how reasonable that sounds like. But a satisfaction comes from recognizing and receiving the one that a word of eternal life of that hour. And only faith can receive that. And only faith can recognize that. Because faith is a revelation. And only faith can believe what God has said. And faith is not only we try to make it up of faith. But faith is God sovereignly given to us. Because the revelation is the sovereignly that God has given to us. And the Bible said you can't explain faith. It's something that you believe. And it's so solid there's nothing else would take its place. Therefore they know that a word that was written for that age that they were living in. The messianic age that he fit that place exactly. Before they know the word, they know the person. Before they recognize the word, they recognize the person who bring the word. That's how the disciples, when Jesus was saying, they might not understand what he exactly said, but they look at that person of Jesus Christ, they do know this one, this one is God has sent. And when they recognize, when they receive him, whatever that a person said, and then it become a truth to them. Though they don't understand, but that person that was in, uh, that person that God had sent, that one was vindicated. That one has manifested exactly what is the scripture has said about him. And as I said, they're not just trying to, it's not just the Lord to try to blindfold them and to try to just let them, uh, Oh, believe blindly. You know, it's like uh, those uh, the heathens. They cut themselves, the, the, um, uh, the, their body and uh, bleeding themselves. And then they uh, fall into a trance. And then they try to, uh, uh, they believe a uh, delusion. But those people, those disciples, they've met to the Messiah. The Messiah. And I can see, I'll see that in this age, we saw Christ that in this prophet's ministry. Undoubtedly. And we saw not only God and the prophets in his ministry, but God, after the prophets come, the Spirit, and also working mightily in the bride of Jesus Christ. That shows that the message, the word in this hour has a life in it. That shows that even just the one little message, even the marriage divorce, marriage and divorce, it can catch a person, though their mind was so set it's so hard, who can understand? But in their heart they receive it. Then Brother Ram said, what could they do to go back in them cold, formal churches that they had to come out of? Said, where will we go? See, we are fully persuaded that you have the word of eternal life. He said they couldn't explain it, but they believe it. The reason they believe it, because they recognize this one is a Messiah. 
And this one is an anointed word. And the one believing, and they also said, there's nowhere that we can go back to. Because they know the denomination doesn't have nothing, doesn't have nothing to offer to them. The world has nothing to offer to them. I said that before, if this ministry, the prophet ahead, that are coming to this age, if this is not God, there is no God. You might as well just drink and eat. And rejoice, because tomorrow you're going to die. If this is not God, if this ministry, the word has been said, the proof that we have received, if this is not God, there is no God. You think about it. If this is real, if he went to the Colorado and rebuked the storm, and uh, the, the, the storm, the, the blizzards are the ones away, the sun come out to shine for three days. If this is not true, then Jesus rebuking the wave said, Peace, be still, is not true either. And Elijah prayed. And the rain didn't come down for three years. That is not true either. If the cross-eyed girl, that our pastor was a witness, and in the meeting, then Brother Bradman holded, holded her to her bosom, and that a time after time he prayed, but at the sixth time or the seventh time, that when he prayed, he didn't pray to for her anymore, but just talked to Satan. And said, uh, give away and uh, the, bring the sight back to the little girl. And then they should, sh- he turned her over to the audience. Then her cross side of the street, say, perfectly fine. If this is not true, then Jesus healed the blind eye. It's not true. If that is not true, then blind Bartimaeus is only a fake story. If the pillar of the fire is not true, then a pillar of fire leading Israel out of Egypt and going to the wilderness, that is, a mere, that is a, just a merely it's some fantasy story. If the pillar of a cloud, if the clouds that we saw in the, in the sky of Arizona and so many people, they try to degrade it, they try to dis, uh, uh, argue about it, said it's not right, said this is wrong. If that is wrong, then the Pillar of a cloud, and the leading the Israel by day. The pillar of fire, the leading the Israel by night. That is a fake. If they're creating the squirrel in the place that is impossible to appear, if that is not true, then in Jesus, break the five bread and the two fish, feed the five thousand. That is just a, a mythology. Now you think about it, nothing is true in the Bible. Because this ministry has so accurately, has so loyally, faithfully, has been proved that the Bible is not just a history, but is still living today. And then what a privilege that what we believed. That's why it is not just figured out what the prophet has said. But he is the only one that God sent in the last age has vindicated that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
And then we can stay with the word. Otherwise, where are you going to stay? You only stay with intellectual. You only stay with some man's argument. You only stay with some new doctrine. You only stay with some new idea. Those disciples, they don't know where to go. Because they have witnessed something way beyond the denomination. They have witnessed something that is way beyond just human intellectual. They have witnessed something way beyond just talk about a word. They have witnessed something that is way beyond just a tradition. They, way be, they have a warm, they have witnessed something that way past all these denominational arguments. This man's idea, that rabbi's idea. That's why when they saw this, then all the rest of them become no value whatsoever. Then they said, where should we go? The person who cannot say that and literally act, then they go back, that means that they never saw the one that they should stay with. Because if they do saw that, God do reveal to them personally, they have nowhere to go. So they understand they cannot go back. But this one, the word in this hour... That only him has the etern- word of eternal life. In the book of Genesis, we saw the first failure of human being. Adam and Eve have fallen. What they, why they fall? They fail to stay with the word. The question is not whether God has said it or not. That is uh, absolutely uh, true that God already said. Yes. Adam heard it, and uh, he told it Eve, and Eve heard it. And the, the people that are in the Garden of Eden, they heard what God has said. So it is not a question, does God has ever said it or not? God do said it. Even a serpent said, yay, does God has said. Yes. But whether... Adam and Eve is willing, whether, but whether Adam and Eve are recognized and willing and able to stay with what God has said. That's the question for today too. It's not a question, does God has said it or not? God has a fully and a perfectly vindicated the prophet's ministry. That the message that we have, that when the message that we have that been preached, that God has a perfectly vindicated that. There's a no doubt of that. We don't need to reprove it again. We don't need to try to revindicate it again. We don't need another man come to give us more vindication again. Just under subject yourself under this message. The word will speak for itself. The question is not whether God has said it. The question is, do we recognize it? And are we willing to stay with it? And then are we able to stay with it? So let's look at this. So Adam and Eve, they're more than willing to want to obey the word of God. Adam never said no. This is not true. Eve never even said in this uh, degraded state, even that it was, but he ne- she never said, you know, I don't believe the word of God. I don't have a desire for the word of God. I'm not willing to obey the word of God. They are willing, a hundred percent, if not a hundred ten percent, want to obey the word of God. They're absolutely willing, want to do according to what is the word of God has said. But Satan has a, such a power can deceive a person 
that are perfect in this uh, when they when they were when they were created when they were made and can make them to even just wear it away a little bit from the word of God. It's not that they are not willing; they are willing to obey the word of God. And the kin. Cain is not willing to do the will of God. He doesn't have no desire when the God has said, stay with my word. Even the Lord revealed to him to tell him that, you know, you don't need to have the, um, do the other things. Just follow what your brother has done. Even come to that point, then the king will not do it. He doesn't have the will that in him to do God's will. That is the character of the kin is, if this is not a coming according to my way, I'm not going to take it. He's not willing to do it. And in the book of uh, Exodus, and God asked those Israelites to stay with the word. The word, the carrier of the word of that time is the prophet Moses. But instead of to stay focused and single-hearted on the word, and they're hearing too much other voices. The Dathan and Korah and the different voices and the drowned that are the voice that they heard from the prophet. If they can focus on the voice of the prophet and they went into the land of Canaan uh, very soon. But because they didn't follow that and then all of them was died in the wilderness, except to Joshua and to Caleb. Abraham said in a convincing concern, he said, God is right. His word is right. Others are not right. That's right as long as they stay with the word. But when you leave the word, then you leave God. No matter how your imagination, how your senses said, you know, I love the Lord, I love the Lord, and you know, I do this, I do that. But when you leave the word, you leave God. Because God is watching over his word to vindicate it. He's got to make it real. He's got to make it an act. That's why you people are hungering for a revival. It's time for these things to be here. Are we hungering for a revival? I think every one of us, no matter how, uh, what the stage that we're in, spiritually speaking, we all hunger for a revival. I'm tr- I trust that the young people, they're hungry for the revival. The older people are alike, they're hungry for the revival. No matter how many years that we've been following the Lord, but we're all hungry for a revival. But a revival is not just making us excited. Revival is not just uh, uh, we can uh, uh, see uh, visions or we can see uh, uh, you know some uh, unique things that's happened that are in our life. Revival is to revive the things that's out, that uh, stir it up to that old things, the things that's not right, to um, push it to the shore. And to the, the revival, when we are hungering for the revival, the real revival is God to make His Word become real to us. When God makes His real, His Word real to us, it's not necessarily... That uh, is some like a lightning and a, a thunderbolt experience. But a revival is when God reveal himself to you. Yes. He become a real to you. Amen. He become a dear 
to your heart. In a certain situation that you went through, that you saw by believing the word, you saw God come on the scene. That he answers your call. He answers your prayer. God make himself become a reality to you. We can always have a space that in our life to let God to make himself a reality to us. And that's not equalized with how much intellectual we receive. That's not equalized on the same balance of how much uh, the word that we can quote, or how much the word that we can repeat. It's not equal with that. It's solely by the pure heart, by a sincere heart, to stay with the vindicated truth. Then God will reveal himself to that person in the daily base. Then he said, if you ever believe me to know what I was talking about, you accept that. The hour is here now. He said, but the trouble of it is, we got so many absolutes. We don't know where we're tied to. And I think that's like, uh, especially um, um, dominant in this age. My Chinglish again. So many of those uh, absolutes that are in this last hour. And because there's so many media, so many ways people can uh, receive an opinion. There's uh, so many channels people can receive advice. Used to be, you, if you uh, get some advice, um, uh, you gotta go to, uh, you gotta travel thousands of thousands of miles um, to uh, go to uh, Tibet, uh, Lhasa, to uh, uh, fight a, a monk and try to uh, maybe meditate with him in his uh, cave and try to get some advice. And maybe the only advice is just motion your finger, or motion the fingers that go back. And you said, oh, I got a blessing. <laughs> you think that's a joke in China? There's people doing that. They try to find a holy man. And then they, they can... Uh, they can walk miles after miles and put their head on the floor, even blooded, and they try to seek peace, seek some advice from some of the holy monk. Today, there's a hundreds of billions of holy monk on YouTube. Everybody get their holy idea. Everybody got their advice. Everybody, everybody got their way, way to success. Everybody goes on the way to the successful marriage, way to uh, this success, way to life success, and the way to get rid of your depression. You know, way uh, so many ways, so many advice, so many opinions. Everybody got a peace of mind can give it to you. And before it was so hard, now it's so easy. And those voice has only one purpose. Those voice is Satan's purpose. Try to drown this voice that God has approved to us. Those voice, none of them was approved. None of those voice has the proof whatsoever to be the truth. But this voice has been proved year after year, time after time, life after life. But too many absolutes that the people had. And that the people... And they try to find an answer, but don't stay with the word to find an answer. Answer come not only by the word, but answer come by stay with the word. 
If you don't get that answer, that is the answer to you. Stay with the word. When you stay with the word, the answer of the word will come. And it will be the absolutely true answer to you. And it's not only just true answer to you, but it will solve the problem. Stay with the word will pay off at the end. We got so many ties, one pulling this way, and one that way, and one against the other. How do the people know what to do? And the pressure of the Holy Spirit coming down, try to find a place to move himself into, that he can work word by word, word by word. The Holy Spirit want to come in, but the Holy Ghost is the pressure when it's coming down. The pressure can only go, go into the place where there's the weak spot is. Does that make sense? Because if you pour the water, water will find a crack and try to go out. Because that's the place that the pressure were going out. If there's no crack, if there's everything was so solid that the water won't go out. The water is like the, the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Ghost wants to sipping through it into your life, to work in your life, to make the things that happen, to solve the problem with you, you must have the place to give it an outlet so that the Holy Ghost, like a pressure, can go in, can minister to your need. Does that make sense? Okay. If I explain long enough, it seems like it is work. I'm not an old hand, so that's why I need uh, many ways to try to work on this. It is good if you can understand Chinese. I got way more word to express myself. Maybe next time I should like Jason to help me to translate. I'm speaking in Chinese. That probably will sounds better. <laughs> so the Holy Spirit, like a pressure, it has to find an outlet in the person to go in. If you have the weak spot, that is absolutely the good opportunity, the good chance to that the Holy Spirit coming in to cover that, to work it in that, to massage himself into your situation. Because that's the spot that the Holy Spirit specialty, specially that, uh, uh, that's the special, uh, specialty of the Holy Spirit uh, try to work that. Holy Ghost cannot work on a person that's too strong. They wouldn't give him an outlet. Um, their, their life don't have a crack so that the Holy Ghost can seep through. But if a person admit that I'm weak, if a person that admit, Lord, I have no ability. Lord, I have, I made so many mistakes. Lord, the things I've been tried, I've been tried, but it seems like it's just not, that work. Lord, I give it my greatest weapon that the prophet said I can have. I give it myself, I commit myself to you. Lord, you coming to the situation. Lord, I surrender my life to you. I surrender this area of my life to you. I surrender that area of my life to you. I dedicated myself to you, Lord. Every time if I try to work, it seems like I messed it up. Every time I try to attack the situation, try to work on it, it seems like it just doesn't work. But Lord, I'm not doing that anymore. It's not an excuse for my sin, but I have faith. Stay with the word. I know your word will solve that situation. When you're weak, that is the place 
that the Holy Ghost can work on that. So let the Holy Spirit cover your weak spot. Not to cover as an excuse, but He will dealing with it. If lust is your weak spot, ask the Holy Ghost to come in. Not to cover it, but to deal with it. If temper is your weak spot, allow the Holy Spirit. He want to pressure Him. It is a pressure. A thousand tons of uh, water going through a little tube like that. You will, you will think how many pressure, how much pressure that will be. The world already gave it the pressure, but it's the Holy Spirit and the Lord that doesn't uh, lighten the pressure, but it's just a pressure in the right way. We're facing the pressure from the world, but the Lord also has His pressure coming down. And the one or two pressure pushed together, it will squeeze you out of this world. That's what is the rapture is going to come. When you have that weak spot, that in your life, just say to Lord, I don't know how this is going to work. But Lord, I'm not going to do it myself. Because myself I don't have that. But I receive what you said. Then you stay with the word. After you stay with the word, it's your responsibility. You need to shut up your mind to any other voices. Any other knocking, any other opinion, any other advice, but solely wait upon the Lord. Not try to seeking signs and the feelings. But wait till God starts moving. Amen. Don't just jumping right to it and say, Oh, I saw this. You know, this, is, this must be my answer. And then you find out it's not your answer. Wait upon the Lord. When the Lord will do something that is real to you, you will for sure know that is the Lord do. Amen. I remember the brother Edison's testimony. There's still a small voice just constantly pounding at him, pounding at him, say, You're going to leave this. You're going to leave this. You're going to leave this. You're going to go from Toronto, come to Cloverdale. Time after time, time after time. It's a still small voice, but it's the pressure of the Holy Spirit coming down. Uh, that pushed our pastor to hear. It's not just the uh, Lord uh, tried to do one thing. Don't, 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 uh, don't be uh, thinking, you know, I'm going to miss it. If you're the seed of God, you will never miss the voice of God. He will constantly working with you. He will constantly talking to you until you surrender yourself to Him. But Abraham said in the Comforter, he said, we have to promise. He said, that's God's word. It's a Comforter. It's a comfort to us to stay with God's word. To stay with God's word is not just dragging you. It's not just some force you have to do it. You know, if you don't do it, there's a... No. To stay with the God's word, that is the comfort to us. It's a safety to us. When we stay with the word, actually, no matter how look other things look like is the safety, how many other voices look like they give you the comfort, but no comfort like the word of God will give it to you. Word of God can comfort a person, though it doesn't come right away, instantly. But uh, it's good to wait for it. 
Because when you wait for the word of God to come, like Elijah, when the earthquake was come, God is not there. Elijah doesn't come out. When the, the lightning come, Elijah doesn't come out. When the thundering, when the wind is, was just blowing, Elijah doesn't come out. He's waiting for that still small voice. That is his comfort. Let me just take a turn here. Sometimes when we stay with the word, after we stay with the word, the Lord blessed us. And a revival come. And the revelation uh, started falling. And the certain things that are in our life, our family, it seems like getting reunited. And uh, it seems they're on the same page. And we say, praise the Lord. God started working. God is moving. But if we're not be careful, we will do what is the Peter did. When Peter has that experience, when it just in the first um, in the chapter 16, Peter, the Lord revealed it to him, said that this is not a flesh, flesh and blood revealed to you, but this is uh, my father revealed this to you. And I will build my church upon this revelation. What a great experience that Peter had. But right after that, one chapter later, when God brought Peter and James and John to come to the Mount of Transfiguration, and they went up there, and there's a cloud coming, there's a lightning, there's his, his, um, his, uh, uh, Jesus' garments are shining uh, like, um, uh, like a snow white, like a brilliant sun. And then Peter got excited. Whenever the appearance of the Lord come, People always got excited. They stay with the word. Peter stayed with the word. He was with Jesus. In that chapter, even a revelation come, even a revival come. It seems like the Lord had done a great work in a person's life. And about one chapter later, when he saw that experience, that experience that he went up to the mountaintop to stay with Jesus. And then when that experience has happened, Peter saw that then he got excited. He said, Lord, let us build three tabernacle here. One for you. Well, of course, he, he won't give Jesus because he stayed with him. And one for Elijah and one for uh, Moses. But then the voice come said, stay with the word. Don't stay with your experience. Your experience can come, can go. Stay with the word. You said, my marriage life is getting better. Stay with the word. You said, my children come back to the church. Stay with the word. If you veer it off from staying with the word, they will go back to the world again. The things can turn to downward again. If you only look at a symptom, the symptom will deceive you every time. If you only look at a good experience, that is something that's a good symptom. Good symptoms can also make your, make you become a soul going down the hill so fast. But if you stay with the word, no matter what storm come, you're going through. No matter good things come or bad things come, nothing is going to bother you. That's why when we saw the reason we talking about the young people is not because they're they're waking, you know, they're, they're our young people are wonderful young people. 
I don't see any, any young person that have so much desire like our young people to have. The desire for the Lord, they want to uh, seeking the Lord, they want to uh, that word to reveal to, to them, they want to have a revival in their life. But young people is not experiencing it in the word. That's why you find out that in, in many times in the, in the camp meetings, when the Lord started doing the great work, and the, the Lord uh, coming down, the presence of the Lord come, the word has been preached, and it seems like the Lord just mightily moved. And then the, the, the people, if they're not careful, they receive it. They said, this is true. This is right. And then they start to build upon it. You build upon the wrong thing. Right. You must build upon on the sure foundation. Amen. Stay with the word. Right. Not build on the excitement. The excitement can come and excitement can go. Right. Not just become the certain things that happen. Then you start to building. The blessing can be genuinely come from the Lord. But just build on the blessing without staying with the word. It was like a pizza tower that will go veered. Is that pizza tower? Tower pizza? Whatever pizza that is. You have to build on the sure foundation. When you build on a sure foundation, no matter what storm come, it won't be move you. You won't be moved away. Blessing is not a sure foundation. There are Pentecostals that build on blessing. The blessing of the Lord, the gift to come, speaking in tongue. But instead of stay with the word, they stay with the tongue. The blessing of the Lord is good. When the Lord blessed at a certain, oh, the, the meeting, they give them a, the, the, you know, they, uh, uh, don't let me mention the name. But the, those people, they said, that God bless you. God bless us. The, the social gospel, the prosperity gospel. Does God send the prosperity? Absolutely. God give you the blessing. God give you the job. God give you earning money. God give you all of this. But don't build on that. Stay with the word. Because when those, that's why how does the social gospel come? That's why how does the perpetual pro, prosperity uh, preacher come? Because they saw the genuine blessing. It is the blessing from the Lord. It's not a blessing from the Satan. It's a blessing from the Lord. But instead of to keep continuing, continually follow the word, they start to follow the blessing. Then start to build upon that. Then doctrine come. Then the different ideas that come. Then look at now. It become a monster. And that's the reason you saw some people that is falling, that is stumble, that finally they give it up. Why they fail to stay with the word? It's not their first experience. It's not a genuine. Their experience with the Lord is a genuine, but they fail to stay with the word said. Then the Lord said to Peter, "Hear ye him, him." No matter what blessing come, no matter what experience you have. But all you need to do is a hear ye him. Does God is the God of a healing? Absolutely. He's a healer. He heals all your diseases. 
It's by his stripes that you were healed. He healed you, but stay with the word. Otherwise, if you only look at the symptom, sometime another person, the symptom is getting better. It seems like the medication work. It seems like everything is working for them. But if they just build upon the symptom, the good, the, the good symptom, when they become a bad, then their faith, if it's not on a sure foundation, they start to shaking. If he heal you once, he can continue to heal you. But you must be stay on the word of God. When you keep your focus on the word, word has said so. Word has said so. No matter what's happened, the word has said so. Then you stay with it, stay true to it. You will find out that end result will always come to that person who is faithful to the word of God. He saved you. He gave you the Holy Ghost experience. He delivered you from alcohol. He delivered you from the cigarettes. He delivered you from the the drug, and all this experience are absolutely that the Lord has done. But you must stay with the Word. Continue in the Word. Amen. Not just to try to, um, try to um, hold your experience. Not to just to try to your, hold my testimony. You know, I won't let this down. I must build on this. No, you don't build on those. When those things happen, when God has to give it to you, put, not put it aside, just take it out of your pocket, then stay in with the word. Continue to with the word. Continue going on. Only by that, your strengths will be coming to you. Only by that, then you will become a soul and establish in the word of God. Amen. Then you wonder why today there are some people and they can testify. They said, you know, God saved me. God has to change me. But before you know it, a few months later, a few years later, they go right back to the world again. And even worse. And sometimes it is the person they testify. Maybe not publicly. But they just think, you know, Lord, I'm thanking you. Because you are, let me overcome this. I'm never to be bothered by these things anymore. A certain area in a person's time. And then before you know it, and those things research back again. Right. And then it stumble. You can't say they're not stable. You can't say that their experience is false. I don't believe their experience is false. I believe they have a genuine experience. But instead of staying with the word, they stayed with their experience. And they try to keep their testament going. But actually, if they, if they really want to keep their testimony, continue walking with the Lord. Stay with the word of God has said. And keep building yourself upon Him. Not building upon the certain things. Certain good things is coming to you. Then you said, yes, that's the Lord has done to me. Then you build it upon that. Then you go with that. You will find yourself in the wrong direction. But if the person to let the word of God constantly building their life, because the word is the word of life, and they constantly before the Lord, pray to the Lord, and then themselves will be immersed into the word of God, the word will constantly changing them. The word will constantly transforming them. No matter what sickness come, no matter what the situation rise up in their life, they can always accrest every one of them. 
When the good things has happened to our life, don't get carried away. When good things has happened to us, we have a true experience with law, a true experience with the Lord. Don't get beyond yourself. Some people they got a has turned around, and some they got intoxicated by that. All those things are good, but the the book of Micah said that God has to show you what is the best, what is the to do, do justice, walk humbly with the Lord. And the father of the hour has come, Brother Branham said, and Micaiah has a being with the word, and the line up with the word, the Holy Ghost of the line up with him, for he lined with the Holy Ghost and saw a vision. He said, and Micaiah was the, was with the word, because the word had a pronounced a cursing on that thing. And how could Micaiah say anything else but stay with the word? So by staying with the word, God showed him a continuation of the word. Because he stayed with the word, God showed him a vision. Then the word was to keep unfolding himself. If we stay with the word, then God will show us a continuation of the word. Because the word will always continue on. Because the Bible said, you walk in the he said, if we walk in the light, as he is in the light of 1 John 1, 7, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we walk in the light, if we continually walk with the word, that word, let us forget about what's behind us, but keep, keep reaching out, keep going forward. Then the word will give you the continual revelation, just just uh, uh, pushing you forward. Those people is not continuing in the word. And when the person is not continuing in the word, and then the word won't show them anymore. Then they stopped. That experience ceased. And some people, if you're sick, and if you said... And then if the symptom is getting a little better, and if we uh, just give ourselves just to that a symptom, we said, uh, wonderful, everything is good now. The Lord has started working. You know, I saw so many disappointments. When I go to, go to the pray for the people, sometime in China, you know, I, visit, um, I visited some people that are in the, in the hospital. I, I'm saying this, I hope you understand it right. When they see us coming, they almost like a, saw a Savior coming. Because they thought, oh, the man of God is here. The man of God got the power of God. They haven't been prayed for many, many people has been in the heal, healed. This and that. They, you, see, you can see their, light, their, their, their eyes sparkling. It's almost like they're giving them a shot. And, then they're, and they're just on the sick bed, they feel like, seems like everything's just all right. Everything's just fine. But they built it wrong. They're building on the man, but they're not the building on the words that they heard. So every time that they go there to sick bed to the people, that in China they're always, I told them, when they left, when we left, go listen to the message. Put that MP3 before your ear. Just listen to that constantly. Why? Stay with the word. It's the word will raise up your faith. It's the word that heals you. It's the word that has solved your situation. 
life you were from a valley to mountain, mountain to valley, up and down all the time. When a person up and down too many times, they lost courage. They become a numb. That's why they still come into the church. Then they go out without the answer. They come back. Instead of a law, they lost the hope of it. They lost the expectation. Something's going to happen. Because they build on a wrong foundation. We do come into the church to expect something to happen. But it's not something that a proper man makes something to happen. We come into the church to expect God coming down to speak to us. To speak through this word. To let the word stay with that word. When we stay with the word, the word will go every aspect of our life. And change it and solve the problem and deal with the situation. Not one time he will fail. Then when we left the hospital, within a few months, they died. Their hope is on the wrong thing. You need to stay with the word. We can encourage the person. We can come to visit the person. Praise the Lord. Go on with it. The Lord has said so. But don't just expect that a certain word said and then to totally dissolve this whole, whole thing, the whole situation. You stay with the word. I cannot emphasize it. The more important, the stresses the more. Stay with the word. Stay with the word. Stay with the word. It doesn't need to have a feeling. Stay with the word. It doesn't need a high up emotion. Stay with the word. It doesn't need somebody constantly pump you up. Stay with the word. It's like farming. We ever heard that? It's like plowing. It's like watering. Just constantly doing it. Just constantly doing it. If there is nothing happening, continue to coming. Not lost hope. With, with a full expectation. With a full hope. Say, Lord, I believe today is my day. Not because a certain man says so. Not because I ser- I'm seeking certain experience. But your word is there. Your word is in the, in the church. Your word is in that book. Your word is in that tape. That is the voice of God. Lord, I'm stay with you. You will stay with me. If I abide in you, if you abide, if, if I abide in you, you abide in my word. Ask what you will, and it will be done unto you. And that applied to the healing, and that applied to the marriage life, that applied to everything, that applied to our job. It's not all good job is bad. It's not all good job is not from, uh, is that the right word? It's not all good job is not from the, from the Lord. Is that okay? Okay. Sometimes the Lord do give you a good job. But stay with the word. And some of the Lord, sometimes the Lord will give you a bad job. I'm not saying you stay with the job, but stay with the word. You know, children is the same. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're just bad. 
I'm not saying this by experience. I'm just saying that uh, because you experienced that. <laughs> stop at their good time or stop at their bad time is not good at all. You have to be constantly stay with the word. Amen. When they're good, praise the Lord. Lord, I know you're working on my children. Lord, just continue to working. And children are just unstable all the time. They're changing all the time. They're, uh, is that word fickle? Right? They're, they're just, uh, today they're like an angel. Yes, tomorrow they're like a falling angel. <laughs> right? They're just constantly changing. If you just look at them, you will become from an angel to fallen angel too. But if you stay with the word, no matter what comes, what goes, I'm thanking the Lord. Lord, I'm thanking for my children day and night. Why? Because I'm not looking at them. I'm not looking at them the good or bad. I'm just looking at what your word has said. You give my children. Believe unto God, unto Lord Jesus Christ, that you and your house shall be saved. Lord, I'm built myself upon that word. Not just built on their good or their bad. If you have a good experience, continue on in the word. If you have a bad experience, sometimes the trial, sometimes the difficulty, sometimes you are mocking by the people, but continue on. If you continue in the word, and the Lord will continue unfolding himself. And when the Lord constantly, continually unfolding himself, he will continually give you the strength. And in the trial, in the difficulty, in the things that seem impossible, when strengths come, you have a, you have a right, you have an ability to overcome every one of them. But Abraham said, he said, it wasn't a great mystery how Martin Luther could protest the Catholic Church and get by with it. By the greatest mystery, but the greatest mystery was that he could hold his head above all the fanaticism that followed a revival and still come out. And that applied to us too. That's it. Keep your mind on Christ. Your eyes on Calvary. Move forward. Let nothing put you back in the bed of sleep again. Say, oh, well, look here, you know, this happened, that happened. Don't have a discernment of spirit. Don't shut your alarm off. Listen to it. And then, uh, I got to, uh, getting, uh, uh, pick up the speed. This is, time is uh, not my friend. And it said, uh, this, uh, the Martin Luther couldn't protest the Catholic Church and get by with it, but a strange thing that he could hold his head above all the fanaticism and the fall is revival and still stay clean and clear with the word. He stay with the word. That's the thing that leads you out. Because God is the word. Stay with the word. Stay with what word? Stay with the thus says the Lord. That's the word what we receive it. It's not thus says the William Branham, but it's the thus says the Lord. 
He never said that this is the thus says to William Branham. He said that this is the thus says to the Lord. Hundreds of thousands of times. He said it's so much of a phenomena. He said it isn't so much of a phenomena to see people come out of organization and things. But a man that can stay with the word and hold his head above all the fanaticism that tries to follow such a move, sensations and so forth. That base faith upon which is absolutely flashly as our precious brother quoted to us about the Greek. He said, see, they go out the same thing. Flesh, flesh, denomination, so forth. But somebody can hold their head above that and stay with the thus says the Lord. He said, hold yourself clean and clear to your calling. Stay with God's word and don't move for nothing. Stay abiding your calling. If he give you a job out there as a farmer, farm good. God bless you at it and pay your tithes and whatever it is, your offerings to help the ministry go on. If it made a mechanic out of you and help and bless you in that work, in that work, stay with it and thank him for it. He said, you just abide where God calls you. Stay with the word. That means to stay in your calling. Don't try to desire for the others. Uh, this one, uh, oh, I want to do this. You don't try to grab the ball from each other. Just protect the ball. Gra- Grabbler. Just protect the one who, who had the ball. And you abide in your calling. And that is to stay with the word because you recognize that's the word. That's my position. When you recognize that and you stay with it. And that is to, to stay with the word. Amen. To stay with the word will cause attack. To stay with the word will make you suffer. To stay with the word will cause Satan to put every gun that is aiming at you. When you stay with the word. And sometimes the suffering and the difficulty and the things that's happened to in our life, and even that's self-inflicted. And we made it wrong. And we done that, uh, we do it on a mistake. What you sow, that's what you rip. You sow in wind, a lot of time you have to rip the whirlwind. But that has nothing to do with God's opinion about you. That has nothing to do with the calling and the election of God to you. You are still the children of God. But just means that God will have to correct you. Have to let you go through the certain things. And when you come to that, to stay with the word... You need not to explain the situation. You need not to find yourself an excuse and try to uh, make yourself out of it. And either either you need neither neither you need to be live as a ascetic. Ascetic. That means um, you beat yourself. My fault, my fault. 
Neither you need to beat yourself, said, you know, I gotta suffer. I deserve this. I must reap what I saw. Stay with the word. Put those things aside. Lord, the past has passed. What I done wrong, I cannot redo it again. There's one thing I can correct it. Stay with the word. Stay true to it. Keep going. Keep following the Lord. Keep coming to the church. Keep packing your Bible. And keep uh, just stuck your chest in the house of the Lord. Those things that have passed. But Lord, uh, you and me, that's to stay in, in the word and that's to go on forward. God will not require you to stay with the word beyond your strength. He will let you stay with the word when the word give me, give you the perimeter that in your life. If your strength is only enough to make you come to the church, stay with that word. Stay with the the word because the word will give you the strength. The word will give you the life. You stay in that word. You stay in the perimeter that the Lord will give it to you. Stay with the strength that the Lord will give it to you. If that's the only strength that you have, stay with that strength that the Lord will give it to you. Come to the church. Even you don't understand, continually stay with the word. Stay with the word. It doesn't mean you understand everything. You have to jump it up and shouting and screaming, Lord, I got to remember. No, just stay with the word. When you stay with the word, the word will open up to you. And your strength will increase. Your understanding will increase too. David. When he committed adultery with Bathsheba. And David tried to try to use a bit on his back and try to uh, change the mind of the Lord so that the child won't die. But that doesn't work. And David tried a different method and tried to make these things to work. But it seems like nothing would he put forth this has any uh, benefits for the cost. Then David saw the child was died. The Bible said, but when David saw that his servants whispered, David perceived that the child was dead. Second Samuel twelve and nineteen. Therefore David said unto his servant, Is the child dead? And they said, He's dead. Then David arose from the earth and washed and anointed himself and changed his apparel and came into the house of the Lord. And worshipped. When I look at the scripture, my heart was really struck. David, not come to the house of a God to complain. David has not come to the house of a God after he lost his child. Try to ask why. David didn't come to the church from. In his eye, and angry, and holding grudges, and sitting there like a log. David come to the church, worship. After the death of the child, David not try to come to the church, come to the house of God, try to find comfort from man. 
though he went through the really grievous time. David come to the church, come to the house of God to worship. Even his child is dead. Can we apply to our situation? Maybe our children sitting at the church are just as dead as a log. Maybe the situation that you have just as an impossible to get it back. Maybe it is impossible to get it reversed. But David come to the house of God to worship. David come to worship after he committed adultery. David come to the house of God to worship after the curse of God through the prophet said the sword will never leave your home all your life. They become to the house of God to worship. That is a person to stay with the word. That is the person had been staying with the word. Nothing defer him away. Can we think about a situation David went through? He come to the house of God. Will he come to the church of God? Just approved, exposed by the prophet through the word of God. You are a adulterer. You killed that woman's husband and take him, take her to your bedroom. What a sinful man. That you are. David has to be pushed aside. All of those. With a blush face. Come to the house of God. And worship. How much things. How many things he has to run through. How many things he has to put aside. How many things he has to be. uh, Fighting his way. Maybe it's a servant. cannot see anything. Because he's a king. But maybe from their eyes, he can feel that they're huddling along. David just killed Uriah. The hero. The Gentile hero. That man was so righteous. The righteous of Uriah just made such a contrast of the evil thing that David has done. His servants knows it. And they look at David. And you know what David did? David come to the church. Sit at his pew. Nobody stand up. Everybody when the music was starting. They're in such a gloomy atmosphere. And David rise up. Oh God, praise your name. You're such a wonderful God. You have saved me. You have forgiven me. Forgive? The servant might say, What are you talking about, David? You just killed a man. Forgive? You just commit adultery. Forgive? You just take the man's wife. Forgive? Yeah, right. You might forgive yourself. How can God forgive you? David has to stand it up. And patting the tambourine and praising the Lord 
and jumping into the forest to the Lord. And praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Can you relate it to that situation? That is a man after God's own heart. Because he stayed with the word. He put aside everything. No matter who said what. No matter what their eyes look. No matter how many people huddling around to talk about him. David come to the house of God to worship. My. People may think he's a hypocrite. When you worship of God, when you're worshiping God, there's no hypocrisy of it. When you use your life to worship God and live a Christian life, and no matter what is the past that it is, that was, no matter how many things you went through, no matter how many things that you've done wrong. But when David said in the psalm, he said, Lord, create in me a clean heart. Oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence. And take now thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore it unto me the joy of the salvation. And uphold me with thy free spirit. Let me try to wrap it up over here. The commandments to the bride of Jesus Christ in the last hour. God wants us to stay with the word. Now that's what we must always do in dedication 1962. To be successful is to stay in line with God's promise. Promises. No matter how it seems best to go this way or that way, stay lined with the scripture. In a rapture. But Abraham said, I stood there. He was talking about to the preview of the bride. He saw the bride is coming. Then he saw the church is coming. He said, I heard it coming up. The church coming up from this other side. There come the Asian church. He said, you, he said oh, you talk about a filthy. He said, here comes the European church. He said, oh my. And then I heard a rock and roll coming. And it was a Miss America. The church, and she didn't even have a, uh, any clothes. She had a papers, like newspaper, gray, holding in front of her, dancing by rock and roll. Miss America, the church. He saw it in the vision. But Abraham said, I stood there in his presence. I thought, oh God, as a minister, if that's the best we could do. He said, oh, he said, you know how you feel. Then I thought, God, hide me. If I could just get away from here, if all that we've done, and that's what we have produced. He said, well, that's what. The prophet saw all of them naked. Right. It's not just the prophet saw. That's in God's vision that he saw all those are naked. Right. Let me say this. Anything besides this message, you're naked. Right. Your culture clothes will expose you. It's transparent. Your education clothes is transparent. The denominational clothes is transparent. Your idea clothes is transparent. Only this message can close you. 
All those things before the fiery eyes of Jesus Christ is to become a transparent. In the first preview, in the preview, and the first bride to come, they were close with the word. And then the last bride, and they also was close with the word. The first one close with the word in the present truth that in that day, and the last bride was close by the present truth in this day. That's why we need to be born again. Because the Holy Ghost energized the words that we heard. That is the close that we have. In the rapture, Brother Bram said to that lady that had come, he said, then I heard something like onward Christian soldier. I looked and here come the scented bunch of little girls, just exactly the way it was, all correctly dressed, their hair hanging away down her back, smooth, clean, marching like this to the step of the gospel. She was the word. They look like one out of every nation. I was looking at it as they passed by. And cinema passed by. And instead of going down, they started going up. I noticed one of them trying, two or three of them trying, getting out of line. I screamed, stay in line. And the vision left me. And I was standing in a room screaming, stay in line, stay in line. That's the last word for this bride. Stay in line. In line with what? In line with man's idea? In line with our thoughts? In line with the situation? In line with the experience? No. Stay in line with the word has said. Abraham said each one represent the nation as they're marching perfectly in line with the word. They have all national garments, garb on. Everyone coming from each nation. They have their unique personality or, or characteristic of their country. Their f- color might be different. Their personality might be different. Their culture might be different. But their message is the same. The message produces the same life. If your culture, if your personality, if your character, if your different things that you have, it's not in line with the message that we heard in the clothes, the this clothes that you have, you become a transparent before that, uh, that fiery eye of Christ. No clothes can cover you, but only the present truth that what we heard in this hour. Any other clothes is all transparent. It won't cover your nakedness. Brother Bram said, I have to watch her. Otherwise, she will get out of step. With that word, if I don't watch, when she's passing by, if she gets by, he said, what? He said, they was getting by. They was getting back, trying their best. I was getting back, just getting in line. Because they was looking out somewhere else, watching at about that church that just went out into chaos. He said that about two, three of them, at the back of the line, when in the, in the bride, when they come into the preview, he said there was two or three of them that started to get out of the line. And he cried out, he said, stay in the line. They tried to get back. Why did they get out of step? 
He said, because they're watching about that church that just went out into chaos. Their focus is wrong. Their eyes supposed to look at this, not all the rest of the things that is happening. But when their eyes start to look, they're out of step. But thank God, he said, stay in line. He said, they tried to get back. The only way you could get back, put your focus on the word of God again. Stay in line with the word of God has said. The prophet said that we need some feeder of the words, of the word. Stay with the word. Stay in it. That's the only thing. Don't never vary any bit from that word. Stay right with it. The word says it and declared it from Genesis to Revelation. Stay with it. If it isn't confirmed all the way through the Bible, get away from it. There is too much real to have to fool with something that you are not sure of. Stay with the real. That's right. Stay with the real. If there's no real, you have an excuse to fool around with the false. You have the, you have the excuse to fool with something that you are not sure with. But when you have the real, stay with the real. Don't fool with those things that you are not sure with. If you're not sure, put it aside. Come back to where the sure is. Let a musician come. Just as they come. Let me see something over here. And it might cause a misunderstanding, but I think I want to see it anyway. The other day, I went to the, um, just Friday, they have the, um, the BC school, they have a, um, a drama night. How many people went there? A lot of you. What a wonderful time with our children. And to see them and to perform, to see their, how they grow. You know, before I go there, I prayed. I was seeking the Lord. I was just doing my uh, study for the service. I thought, I contemplated, should I go or should I not? I want to... Uh, pu- Put a time in a word, but I said, no, I just, I just go. Yeah. Because my daughter is there. <laughs> I have to confess that because she was doing other performing. And, uh, but before I go, I was just sitting there on my chair. I was just thinking about it. I said, Lord, what do we go in there to look? For a school? There's a many public school. We better facility. Equipment than us, bigger than us, and uh, to look at uh, the performance, the children perform the drama, Shakespeare, you know, uh, tame the shoe and the different things. Just look at that. Many school doing that. Many uh, students uh, done. Uh, this is the season. They're doing a performance and performance of drama and everything. I was I was asking myself, Murphy, what do you go to there to look? And then I was thinking, when I went over there, what make them different? It's not just the school make the difference. It's not just the program and the different things that we have is make the difference. The difference is the children. There are many students who would do the same performance, probably better than our kids, 
has performed. They're doing they're repeating all the quotes of Shakespeare and articles and different things. They probably have to do it way more better than what we than what we can do. But the difference is those children. There's a many school, but this school is different. You know why it's different? Because you left a permanent mark on that school. There's a nails in there, you punched into it. There is a painting stroke that you made on that wall. There's a carpet that you laid in there. Even you didn't do anything, but your support left a permanent mark on that school. That make that school is different. Make that building is different. What make our children different? As I said, all the program, the different things of what we do, and many people are doing the same thing. What make it as children different? Because you left it a permanent mark on those children. His mom and dad says prayer have left it a permanent mark on those children. It's the ministry of the word has left it a permanent mark on those children. It's the support of the brothers and sisters. All the investment that you put it on, you left it at a permanent mark on your children. Right. You know, every time that I go to the activity, many times I have a mix of feeling. Because I know I'm going to say some people that we've been fellowship with, we've been walking together with, and used to believe that a message, but they're not a walking with the message anymore. Just as the title we just said, they're not staying with the word anymore. That's why I always have a mix of feeling when I go to the school activity. Then I'm thinking about this is of nothing to t- try to down degrade anybody. There's no bitter, there's no hit in my heart. The only thing I just feel sad. Yes. Amen. Then I saw people that who used to walk with the Lord and they never walked with Him anymore. You know, it's such a contrast that I saw there. Once again, I want to say this as nice as I can. There's nothing to try to Degree said they're not bad, they're bad people, they were good people. There's nothing of that. Do you understand what I'm saying? But it's such a contrast in there. The contrast is I was thinking about you left it at a permanent mark on those children. The teachers, the principal, the secretary, they have left it a permanent mark on my children. And I can say this to you, they will never be the same after 12 years that in the environment like that. They can never be the same. Then I thought about, what about the people who left this message? They can never be the same either. I was thinking about, take how much investment about Terry and Sister Jenny, take how much investment to lift the mark Lift the mark on our children's life. You can see there. You can see that on their face. You can see there on their behavior. I'm not only just about the children over there. We talk about everyone. We're here. 
will left a permanent mark on each other. You can see their behavior, you can see their action, you can see their, their uh, how to speaking things, the different things. No matter what stage you're, you're in, you can never be the same when you hear this message. You can never be the same when you saw the message in, in reality, in active, in action that in the people's life. You can never be the same. All of those make them become a difference. But then I thought about it. Take how much effort to take that mark out of a person. How much effort, how much things that they need, how much makeup that a person can do to cover up the blood of Jesus Christ through the bleeding bloody word. How much things they have to scrap it to scrap the word of a God, to scrap the message of this hour from their face, from their behavior, from their word. Take how much effort to scrap this thing out of them. Don't let us be like that. Stay with the word. It pays off at the end. It pays off at an end of my brothers, my sister. To me, this is like the preview of the bride and of the church. That I'm thinking about. It takes how much effort to let a smile to cover the emptiness, to cover the bitterness. To cover the hatred. To cover the misunderstanding. How much effort do they have to make to do that? Maybe a person doesn't even think of that. But as I said, the person can never be the same. And you know what? When a person tries to script that off, it disfigures a person. When God tried to left out a permanent print on you when the bridegroom tried to left a permanent print on you don't scribble it off every service God left a mark on you every message you read God left a mark on you try to scribble it off only disfigures you shall we stand But also at the same time, I saw Victor's there. I saw different brothers is there, but Peter's is there, and different people. You raise up your hand. I was thinking about. In those is the demarking, but there are those people is also demarked. God has demarked them from the world. The world has left so much footprint on their life. And each one of you, we can testify. The world has left such a footprint on you years after year. It seems like the person was totally disfigured. But when the word of God come, when the message of this hour come to the person, it just totally take off the mark of the world away. 
that person was changed so much that you cannot even recognize what it used to be. All the sin has been left in the sea of forgetfulness. Every mark that the devil has made, God has stripped it off. Not even one left in that person. Everything left on that person is only speaking about the glory of God. I was thinking, what a demarking that is. What a strip off the Lord has done to each individual. It pays off to stay with the word. Hallelujah. Can we sing a song? Worthy the lamb that was slain.
city is the Lamb of God. And His shed is the blood. And that blood has left a permanent mark on our life. And we can never be the same. Think about what a message that we received in this hour. What a word that we heard in this hour. And it is worthy to stay with the word. Staying in line, as the prophet has said, has screamed that in that vision. And let us stay line up with every word of God. You know, it's not something that is the far-fetched. It's not something that was, that was far, millions of miles away that we cannot do. It's right in front of us. It's right in our mouths. It's not far away from us at all. And all you need when you're listening, when you put it, you know, every time I want to put it, put it, the tape on, or now it's MP3, you know, put the voice on. Not even what, not a one time by hearing it without hearing something that the Lord did just tugging in my heart. Why is it? Because He's alive. He's a God that is a reality. And at our day, we have this fellowship with a, with a couple, and we're talking to them. You know, sometimes it seems like we don't, we don't, we don't get it. You know, I just seem like they don't get it. Don't, 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 uh, don't, don't be frustrated about it. You know, sometimes, uh, you know, I'm, I'm getting older. I'm just past my 48 uh, years, <laughs> just a few days ago. I find out that more and more I become like my mom, like my dad. I was just saying, and, uh, you know, I, I, after I say certain things to my wife or say certain things to my children, I was saying, Murphy, that's my, that's her daddy was used to say. I hate that. I don't want that. But you know, you just can't beat nature. Just something in you. And then, all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, just gradually, you find out the things that it used to be when I was 18 or 19. It doesn't make sense. Mom, you don't make sense at all. Dad, what you talking about? This is, this is bizarre. This is strange. But now I say exactly the same thing to my children. You know, it all comes back to you. And then I'll, I'll say, yeah, you know what? My mom is right. My daddy is right. I, I wait till that time my children can say, Daddy, you're absolutely right. <laughs> but you know, all those years is never wasted. All the daddy and the mommy has said to me all this year, it never wasted. I never heard it before. It just doesn't make sense to me. But it's all stored somehow. That in the storage. And when a situation rises, when the age comes to a certain age, is all start to picking up, all start start to coming in places. You know, our God is the same thing. Don't think of what you listen and what you hear are just wasted. Lord, I didn't get it. Lord, why? Stay with the word. No matter you get it or don't get it. When situation rises, when environment arises, when circumstances circumstances arise, you will find out that the word will speak for itself. That's a direct quote from Brother Branham. The word will speak for itself. You just need to stay with the word. Amen. Shall we sing a, another song? Stand on the standing on the promise.